Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige film. Today, we're talking about 1991's firefighting action film, Backdraft. It's directed by Ron Howard, who's done a lot of lightweight, forgettable films like Splash, Cocoon. It's kind of done some that people really like, like Willow. And then there's my personal favorites, Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind. Uh, done, 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 done some fine work. I think this is some of it. Uh, it's written by Gregory Wyden, who, did you know this, is the creator, billed as the creator of Hi- the Highlander film and TV franchise. Ooh, all right. This guy's out there getting it done. Uh, also, The Prophecy, kind of cult horror uh, flick. Mm-hmm. It stars Kurt Russell. Uh, we've seen him on The Thing, Stargate, Tombstone. That's just the movies that we've done a podcast on. William Baldwin. They broke out the old emergency backup Baldwin. Yeah, they broke here. the he's glass. Been... They pulled the emergency Baldwin out. He's uh, <laughs> He's been in Flatliners. That's Saving, I think he played himself uh, because he's like, the, and the joke was that he's kind of a minor shitty celebrity on uh, Saving uh, Sarah Silverman or Saving Sarah Mar. I don't know what the fuck. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that movie. Uh, I, I don't know, man. He's two years into his career here, and I feel like he peaked. But we can talk about he it. He peaked. Robert De Niro. Oh, my God. Speaking speaking of someone's the opposite of peaked early. Uh, Goodfellas, Heat, Casino, Godfather 2. Just a few of the many amazing films he's been in. Donald Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Been in JFK, Outbreak, The Italian Job, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Kids today probably know him as President Snow from the Hunger Games films. You got Jennifer Jason Lee, Fast Times, Ridgemont High, Road to Perdition, The Hateful Eight. And Scott Glenn. In, from Red October, Silence of the Land, same year, by the way, which I want to talk about. Uh-huh. Training Day, and but but every bald move fan's got to know him as Pappy, Pappy Kevin Garvey, uh huh, Kevin leftovers. Garvey Senior on the Leftovers. Yep, Rebecca Mornay from Risky Business to Hand the Rocks the Cradle. Uh, Jason Gedrick, I this guy like is a literal who, but eighties kids will know him as the Iron Eagle from Iron Eagle. Uh, J T. Wash plays an alderman in this he's kind of the bland authority figure uh from pleasantville a few good I, I, men good morning vietnam is he knee bomb from the negotiator i don't know does he play I don't knee bomb i fucking I love the negotiator well you, we all have to get around to watching him one of these days yeah uh clint howard did you know these uh ron howard's little bro oh yeah he loves from... to play weirdos he does. He from Waterboy and Apollo 13. And finally, David Crosby uh, plays himself as a hippie. He's the founder, uh, one of the founding members of the Birds and Crosby, Stills and Nash. Jim, this is, I can only presume every firefighter's favorite movie. Mm-hmm. I know it's my brother who was a former firefighter's favorite movie. Uh, it's Backdraft. Actually, I don't know if it's his favorite movie, but uh, he likes it. It's Backdraft. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, oh boy, this movie is ridiculous. This this is this is more akin to like Armageddon, uh, or Day After Tomorrow, or something like that. It, yeah, that, that's a perfect comparison. This is 
to fire what day after tomorrow is to ice the song of ice and fire is complete here with this movie uh it can because it, it i mean look i don't know anything really about fire but i have to presume both because i think it's true but also because for my own sanity that fire is not an animal that is stalking me like a jungle cat in my sleep and because otherwise i just would never sleep I just couldn't sleep with a jungle cat named Fire out there. Look, Jim, you're talking like someone who has never been seen by fire. <laughs> this is true. I've never looked. The fire has never looked at me. Yeah. The, the flames have never looked you deep into the soul wells of your eyes and down to your heart and made that physical yeah. connection. And if, if you did, if, if you did, if you love the fire even a little bit, uh, you'd, you'd love this movie. But I mean, the, the the way that fire is portrayed in this, um, they talk about it as like some animal that's that's hunting you. But but just the way that like things happen, like they go into buildings and fire is just coming out of everywhere and it's exploding out of everywhere. Uh, yeah. People are being blown back hundreds of feet uh, through car windows by fire. Um, mm-hmm. And I get there's some some pressure involved in a backdraft, but. Are we really shooting people across streets and through their own car windows? <laughs> engineered backdraft? I don't know. Maybe. I I don't know. It all seems so ludicrous to me. Like every fire scene is like, okay, well, that's impressive from a special effects perspective, but And it is. My God, it's just ludicrous. It's ludicrous. So I think your comparison to the day after tomorrow is not the best one. If you had gone with like um, Twister, I think Twister is the perfect example of you take a real thing. Oh boy, really? Which feels more real. <laughs> well, well, that's I don't know. Maybe you've been seen by a tornado, but you, it takes a real thing, tornado <laughs> chasers, and what they do, and it just amps the tension and the danger of what is a dangerous job. Uh, to 11 and I think that's what like you you know like backdraft is not a realistic depiction of firefighting because uh, what I've heard firemen talk about it is like what you just you just can't see shit inside yeah, a, str- yeah. a fully involved structure fire it's just all steam and smoke and you, you can see maybe a foot in front of your face sure. and you're all just like yeah so like the fact they're, about that yeah they're in these lovely you know 30 foot ceiling 100 by 100 rooms are mm-hmm. just fully engulfed in fire and they're not wearing their self-contained breathing apparatus right. and they half the time don't even have their helmets on and they're having conversations and are able to see like that's not very realistic um and just like the in the in Twister, the tornadoes are kind of like anthropomorphized. They're mm. given a theme, like a Jaws theme song, and they uh, they can disappear and then reappear, and they're almost like a like a movie slasher villain. The fire is that in Backdraft. It, um, you know, like it's a lot of stuff they're t- talking about, like backdrafts and um, fires, like you know, uh, having cycles and stuff is is real. But like this is mm. like positing that the fire is a living thing that has some kind of animus, a hate, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. Um, but I, I think um, I, I actually think that if they'd stuck to the fire, this would be a really, really tight, you know, like hour 45 movie. But they layer on like girl drama. <laughs> they layer on bro drama uh, and everything that takes away from what I think is the cool part of this movie, which is Robert De Niro being a blue collar Sherlock Holmes of fire. 
Mm-hmm. Like this man who can just like track down the flames the marking here and the fact that the suits burnt off here and that the fire had to start here. And uh, and he talks about it very poetically and the way he breaks that. Like, I, I really enjoy anytime they have like, you know, these kind of obscure professionals, you know, even if it's dramatized. I really like getting in their he- heads and seeing how they think. I think that's the best part of the movie, their investigation. And I thought that's actually sure. a really cool plot. Sure. Which, when I saw this for the first time, I remember really being blown away by like, oh, my God, you know, I can't believe where this is going. I'm almost set a giant spoiler. And I don't know. There's probably a lot of people I haven't seen this 30 year old film. But yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I got a soft spot. And maybe it is because my brother is a firefighter. Um, and I have been a part of a, a fire, uh, a fireman's funeral uh, that like yeah, at the I- end especially really gets me, you know, I guess if I had if I had more experience with fire. Uh, I may not have been laughing out loud when people got backdrafted every time, every time without fail. It was hilarious because it was it's hilarious. so over the top. Even, even when the guy's face got melted, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That was the funniest one. <laughs> yeah. God. And, and I, was... I have to preface all everything I'm saying by like, I think people who put their lives on the line to help other people are by and large heroes. So, uh, yeah. you know, in the real world, firemen for the most part, definitely heroes. But like in this movie, it's truly insane. I want to talk about that. Everybody loves firemen. Nobody's uh-huh. like, you know, who's you know, who fucked me over the other day? A fucking fireman like they only show up. <laughs> right. Well, I guess small business owners who are always getting their shit condemned by fire marshals might hate firemen. But you know what? <laughs> OK, yeah. Y- you know what? Th- those regulations are written in bl- blood and third degree burns, buddy. Suck mm-hmm. it up. Fucking keep keep your keep your back door unblocked. Uh, good advice for anyone, but like everyone, everyone loves firemen because they are. They just they yeah. they only show up when you need them. Uh, they are. They really can't they, do they, any more harm than the fire is already doing. So right, they can't right. complain, right? Like that's the best kind of like you got to move fast, you got to take chances because like as you say, you know, like uh, if you don't show up at all, the place you know it's going to happen. The place is going to burn down. People are going to die. Like you can only do good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, you know, there is like the, it seems like it's fun to be a fireman or woman. There's this esprit de corps. Uh, y'all live in a big clubhouse. Uh, sometimes you slide down brass poles, like a little Mm -hmm. kid. Oh, Um, but don't do it in your underwear. That seems painful. You (laughs) depends on how silky your cheeks are. Your, your, your thighs are Jim. I suppose Uh, so. And and they look fucking cool. The silhouette of a firefighter uh-huh. is like synonymous with some heroic figure. And they're always portrayed like this shit. Like I've seen four or five of these film frames airbrushed onto a firefighter's T-shirt in my day. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, Kurt Russell jumping through the flames with that baby cradle in his arm and an axe in his other hand. It's just like they they. They, they look awesome. They look cool. They got the cool helmets. They got the they got the axes and the irons. And it's just it's, it's really cool. Um, and I'm actually surprised there's not more kind of heroic firemen movies. You know, like yeah. it's about firemen, but I guess there's just not much drama there. Maybe they're, they're usually pulled into like emergency responders. Like mm-hmm. if there's a disaster film, they're certainly there. They're fighting a volcano. They're fighting a structure fire or whatever. If there's a cop film, you know, they're they're definitely. But they're not like inherently interesting, I guess, enough. I don't know. I mean, because it, it, it's strange to me that there aren't more because I think this could be an interesting uh, field to explore. It's just like I, I guess the backdraft is the most exciting thing that happens in a fire, right? Because most of the time, like. You probably want to take it pretty methodically, pretty slow. 
and yeah. it, to make it interesting, you want to have a loose cannon like uh, right. Kurt Russell in this movie. He's he's just running into fires. I think waving his axe at the fire, like I, I think he's literally trying to kill the animal that is the fire. Yeah, no direct quote. Like when the backdraft <laughs> knocks one of them down one time, he like jerks it back to feed. Like, don't let it see that you're afraid. Don't take yeah. that shit from the fire. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so you need to have something kind of over the top like that to amp up the excitement of what is usually a very murky and very slow and methodical process. I would think so. Like, I, I feel like uh, a lot of the danger uh, and don't get me wrong. Like, firefighters have dangerous jobs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but like, also, it seems like they were being deliberately crazy in this movie. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. No way for backup. Just jump right in. Uh, but, you know, that's what that's what you, you've got. This loose can this loose cannon, Kurt uh, Russell, uh, who's good. He's yeah. good at playing those kind of damaged uh, loose cannons. And, and he drives a lot of the, the drama here. Oh, yeah. He's great in this. Uh, it's got great Chicago scenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shot authentically in the the Windy City, uh, yep. and I think there's really good performances. I think that Robert De Niro is actually really good in here. I think Kurt Russell is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Glenn uh, Scott Glenn is is really good. Um, it's just like. I think the movie grinds to a halt every time Kurt Russell, you know, shows up unannounced at his ex-wife's house to like, you know, drunkenly cry and whatever they're doing yeah. with Jennifer Jason Leigh is like the liaison to the sleazy alderman who's trying to court Billy Baldwin. No, all that like, side plot is too thin. It's it's not given enough time, but at the same time, it's given too much time. And it, it's it's taken away. Like, imagine if you take all that stuff out, this movie just kind of would propel. And it's instead a lot of tighter, being yeah. a little flabby two two hour fifteen minute movie, it'd be more of a tight one fifty, and you got something. But like, I I like what's there. And you you mentioned the fire effects. I mean, mm-hmm. they're mostly practical. I wouldn't say that they're not CGI. This was the year that Terminator Two, you know, swept all the technical Oscars. So like the day of CGI was upon us or the dawn, but like mm-hmm. most of this stuff was just all practical and it's beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like insane. It's, ter- it's I mean, terrifying, but it's beautiful. Like they got 50 gallon barrels going off like Roman candles. <laughs> That's the thing, man. They're just going off. They're just going off for no reason. As best I can tell. I don't, I don't know how I mean, hot it's supposed boy- to be. It's really fucking hot. That room was all fire. Look at all the places that are not on fire, and then yeah. look at the places that are. It's ninety percent on fire. Like, yeah, I, I just don't know how people survive in that atmosphere. If if yeah, spontaneous. No, no, if real. barrels are spontaneously combusting, like three feet from your feet. By the way, uh huh. How how is a human breathing in that room? But uh, what do I know? What do I know? I just like to watch barrels explode in Kurt Russell's face. Yeah. Um. I don't know. And there's like a lot of pat and I, I do think the central mystery is really fucking cool. I, I guess that's how you make a firefighting movie interesting. You, you blend the firefighting, uh, you put in I, I kinda I guess I like the brother drama and the really thing that makes it the, the thing that, that carries it from action scene to action scene is Robert De Niro investigating the fire. Like mm-hmm. arson investigation does seem like a legit fascinating you know, I, I think all that anything that's investigating, anything that's like detective, anything that you're like a medical examiner, that stuff is just it seems like and it's inherently fascinating. And that's like half of the movie. It's probably the best half. Yeah, the pacing is weird, though, because it takes them a while to even get to that part because Robert De Niro mm-hmm. comes in. He's just kind of a, a side character who, you know, is part of the operation. He comes in, he looks at a fire thing and he goes away um, mm-hmm. and he does that like twice 
And then like somewhere around the the two thirds mark of this movie, his plot really kicks in and and it's resolved way too fast. Like, really? The, the whole movie should have been this and you should have been following mostly the, those three characters, right? The two brothers and him. But I feel like you're you're off with these other side things for way too long. Yeah. And by the, by the time you get around to like Donald Sutherland has two scenes in this movie. One uh-huh. is establishing him as a lunatic firebug who's so so caught up in being uh, an arsonist that he can't even hold his shit together to get on parole right. uh, and, and get through his parole meeting that. when Robert De Niro points points to a, a doll, a melted doll, mm-hmm. and asks mm-hmm. him a couple questions. So he's clearly crazy. And then Billy Baldwin, the second scene, goes to him and says, hey, can you tell me who's doing this? And it's such an obvious fucking resolution that Robert De Niro should have immediately recognized what's going on here. Like none of that. It, it, I don't know. We, we got to talk about you this in context. So? You of think Silas that Robert De Niro would jump like a firefighter must be doing this? I, I What he should be jumping to is, hey, there's this chemical on here. Uh-huh. Who who has access to these chemicals and who hates fire? Like that's all the Donald Sutherland uh, gives to this uh, plot, Gosh, and it's I feel like not a enough. fucking idiot just because I thought that was super clever. <laughs> I thought it it's was not I was Silence like, of the Lambs. <gasps> when you look at this, it well, wants to be Silence of the Lambs, and it's nowhere near Silence of the Lambs. Okay, let's 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 put a pin in that because I, okay. I want to start okay. talking spoilers. Uh, if you want to see uh, a gripping, thrilling, exciting slash shitty, overwrought, cliche filled film. <laughs> about firefighting <laughs> then i can hire heartily recommend slash warn you off of backdraft uh-huh. we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply and now back with more bald move. Uh, so the movie, if you don't know, it uh, is about a a boy, Billy Baldwin, whose father, heroic fire father, dies in a fire right in front of his eyes, and he struggles to follow in his father and older brother's footsteps. He's assigned to the toughest fire station in New York City, underneath his brother. Um, there is a New York City alderman. It seems incredibly low stakes who's hustling mm-hmm. developments, flipping developments for a couple of fifty hundred thousand dollars and somehow firemen are being their funding are being cut and all the firemen are angry about that. Uh, meanwhile, there's an arsonist in the city uh, that's that's setting fires to buildings and, and killing people with impunity, uh, maybe due to the budget cuts. Um, and that is the pillars that the movie rest on the, the brothers relationship, finding the arsonist in time before he kills again. Um, and and barring heavily off of 1991's Silence of the Lamb, mm-hmm. uh, so there, that's what the movie's about. Go watch it if you want to watch it and come back to this. I want to start there, Jim. Uh, in February of two thousand or of 1991, Silence of the Lambs comes out. This movie comes out, I think, in May. Okay, 
contemporary. The Donald Sutherland thing seems to be aping and biting so hard mm-hmm. on the Hannibal Lecter stuff. But yeah. there can't be related. Like, this happens so many times in Hollywood, and every time I look into it, it's like a coincidence. But, like, holy shit. Uh, it seems like it's hard to believe that they didn't see some advanced screeners or copies or notes yeah. and it's like hey let's go to reshoot this donald sutherland stuff to make him look like he's hannibal lecter a fire <laughs> this this stuff can happen i i whenever i think of this kind of scenario i think of the fire document <laughs> no i i swear i'm not trying to make a direct connection here but the the fire festival the document <laughs> okay, documentaries that came out connects. yeah 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 in, it, there, there were two right like hulu did one and netflix uh-huh. was like fuck Hulu's making a fire festival documentary. We also right. need to make one to steal right. some of their thunder. And so both of those movies were being made simultaneously came out almost on the same day, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back to back. So like there is this parallel uh, kind of production that happens when somebody finds out this studio is doing this thing. Maybe we can like also do something similar and kind of glom on to their marketing, maybe use that a little bit. Um, I feel like it's not out of the question that they discovered what they were doing with Silence of the Lambs and that influenced this movie in some kind of way. I also looked up and it's it's just two years before Silence of the Lambs, the novel came out, which probably started a whole bunch of optioning. And I, I'm at and since it seemingly was a popular novel at the time, I wonder if it's like, oh, people were just like grabbing on the Hannibal Lecter as this cool new archetype. And sure, you know, it's just sure. coincidentally that it could like, be yeah. a coincidence. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's not even coincidence. It's like the source material that came out, people started borrowing it and adapting mm. it immediately and backdraft was one of the results. But I couldn't find anything that directly connects the two in terms of inspiration. But like clearly. Yeah. And the thing is, it just doesn't work as well. It's not as fleshed um, out for a while. Donald Sutherland is not Anthony Hopkins. And that's not a True. slight on Donald Sutherland. It's just like. I don't know. I just don't believe he's that fully insane i guess when he plays insane it seems like he's as soon as they yell cut he is just giggling just laughing his ass off and i never got that with anthony hopkins yeah yeah like the way I mean, he's look, just especially in that parole scene oh yeah he's he's full-on insane he's uh i i will say yeah there is like a tinge of comedy to it uh in my mm-hmm. opinion and i i i don't want to take anything away from him. i like donald sutherland but Anthony Hopkins is Anthony Hopkins. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, what did you think of that parole scene, by the way? I think it's a farce. It's it's hilarious. But do like, you think it's like I, I, as like, as like I, what think, I think a psychiatrist should be brought up on charges. There you go. Because because she's a fucking idiot. But like I felt like in the 80s and 90s, because we were just coming off of this crime wave that started in the 70s and like every the crime uh, until very recently has fallen all across the board in America since then. But um, I remember reading The Dark Knight, you know, Frank Miller's, you know, seminal piece that came out and like mm-hmm. all of the psychologists and um, sociologists in that comic book were betrayed as these 
willfully blind idiots, useful Mm -hmm. idiots for criminals like, oh, I know he butchered an orphanage, but he had a rough childhood and we really should let him off with this. And instead of like, like, it's just such a it's such a slur on social workers and psychologists. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like this movie is a piece where it's like you have to have scarred ass Robert De Niro hauling himself out of the arson pit to wave a burnt baby doll in front of <laughs> and ask you know, the like that's the only thing saving us from the, the 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 criminal justice system run amok is tough guys like Robert De Niro. It's just such a right. fucking crazy thing. Yeah, that that scene is terrible. Uh, yeah, and it's one of like, his only two scenes, right? So, especially since the psychologist is like, as soon as he starts up, she's like, "Oh God, if, you know, of course he's not." I'm like. It's just oh, mm-hmm. I, I, it's all it's you never asked it, him it, what he thought about fire. Well, no, I think it's a, like they play her as like knowing like she's knowingly in on like like she's got some kind of incentive to let psychos out on the street. Oh. And like when oh. she's like, oh, Jesus, the jig is up when he starts like pulls out the baby doll. And I'm like, I just this this seems so insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I I got a big a big kick out of that. Um, I, I mean, it, it's it's. Silence of the Lambs light, right? I mean, even if Donald Sutherland was replaced by Anthony Hopkins and delivered the same lines with the gravitas mm-hmm. that he has um, and the gravitas that Hannibal Lecter has, it, this movie still doesn't do enough service to that plot to make it worth it. What do you mean, though? Because it's the primary plot. Yeah, but there, there are the literally two scenes. It's one scene is this guy's oh, a crazy see. fire bug. The next scene is he's solving the case. Like, but there, isn't there's that no, like, oh, so... In Silence of the Lambs, isn't Anthony Hopkins only in that for like five minutes? Like, that's like the infamous thing about that movie is that like he got the supporting Oscar and he was only in it for like, hold on, finish your point. I want to look up. Is he? That, I, that. I could have sworn he was in it longer, but I, I don't know. I just the only scenes I remember. I remember a couple of scenes. I remember him having uh, conversations with uh, Jodie Foster and I remember him uh, busting in, out of prison and wearing skins. Yeah. So Science of Lambs is an hour and 58 minutes and he's in at 16 minutes of it. All right. Which is well, more Donald than Sutherland I said. is in this for like a minute. <laughs> he's in it for no, and a half? No, five or six minutes. Gotta be. Uh, maybe. May- yeah, I suppose there's the scene outside on the bench when he's waiting to to go into his parole hearing. Oh, yeah. That's the one that where it's part like, of they the set same him up scene. and who he is and, and all that kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just too thin. It's too thin. I mean, it, mm. Hannibal Lecter was a, a big part of solving the the case. He he was a big part of that movie, despite only being yeah. in it 16 minutes. But Donald Sutherland is not. And it, they did a better job of her in playing with her. Where in this, it's like, uh-huh. you know, like throughout the whole movie, Hannibal Lecter's fucking with Clarice. Yeah. Where this movie, I felt like he's only really fucking um, Billy Baldwin at in the final scene and it's only and, to just get him to admit that he was scared that he saw his daddy burn and then he just gave everything yeah. and it's like you know that was that was the only ask you know yeah he's a fire fetishist you know he, yeah. he loves the way that the fire makes people feel I guess keeps him keeps him warm for the rest of their life I've heard mm-hmm. uh, but you didn't but so you it, didn't like this movie uh, let me start off this movie sets the wrong tone right from the beginning so this movie mm. is weirdly saccharine from like, like that Ron Howard vibe that you get um, at the beginning. Like they start up with a soft rock song with these kids like at the firehouse and their daddy's going out to fight a fire. One of them gets swept up. Andy fucking Griffith. Uh, except for instead of police, it's firemen. Yeah. And they get to the place. His dad's being a hero. And, and 
on a dime, on a fucking dime, this movie turns and his dad blows up. The helmet comes shooting out of the window, Dude. lands at the kid's feet. He's crying. The journalist is in his face taking pictures, taking which pictures are going to be on the cover of Time. Prize winning picture on Time Dude. Magazine. Yeah. And this happens in the blink of an eye. I cannot stress yeah. how quickly this movie turns on a dime, which to me is hilarious. And then that sets the tone for the rest of the movie. And every, huh. and every time they do a cheesy ass soft rock montage it's right after somebody got blown up by a backdraft it's mm. uh, uh, there's whiplash all over this movie i do have in my notes that the movie goes hard very early on because you're very. right i completely forgot the whole dual casting of kurt russell oh, that's but i'm like the other i thing. thought Kurt russell was in this movie more but uh-huh. you know his dad's gonna be so maybe i got that wrong and there's something else and um but like, yeah, and like it's just like every kid's fantasy. Your dad's a fireman and you're at the firehouse and you're busting your chops mm-hmm. with your older brother. And then a fire bell rings. and Your dad's like, yeah, sport, put on the helmet. Come on with me and right. watch me I, I jump mean, heroically from 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 <laughs> fire escape to fire escape, single handedly rescue somebody. And then just as mm-hmm. the music is swelling to like the, and you see this little boys just loving his father. It's uh-huh. like like Ron Howard's like, love you more. You know, he's cranking that they love it's more love, more love. He's just like glowing with love. It's like Ralphie on Christmas morning seeing his fucking Red Rider. Mm-hmm. And, and he does. He's the fucking his hat with the guy's name on it comes blasting out of that thing and runs yeah. right at feet. Yeah, it's it's I, I mean, I swear there are like Dalmatians dancing in those scenes right up until the point his dad blows up. It's <laughs> like literally the most cliche firefighter thing I could possibly think of. And then yeah. it turns into kids. Dad is dead. Right. I in thought front it of was. Him. Yeah. Um, who did this? Hans Zimmer. OK. Yeah. And the score uh-huh. is like super manipulative. Uh, and like you said, oh, turns yeah. on a dime. But I don't know what else you do with it. I, it's funny because I, I read a lot of contemporary coverage of this where it feels like this, this movie is pretty well loved. It's got a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it what I would call a scathing three star review. Yeah, it's. His review doesn't read like a three star. It reads like a two star, maybe. Yeah, a two star, two and a half. And it's like I said, a scathing three star review. And it seems like this movie really fucked with people because it's like, okay, it's beautiful. It's impeccably shot. It's got some pretty, I think, amazing performances and some nifty writing in it. But it's the Sabo that this movie is contained in is just a pile of cliches. Mm hmm. Um, and like some of the stuff, like I, I don't, and I, cause I was wondering when I was watching and I'm like, well, does some of this stuff seem hackneyed because this is kind of like one of the early things that set the model in terms of like sibling rivalries and ball busting. And cause man, you've just seen all these, 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 these things before, but no, mm-hmm. like everybody was making as I was like, oh God damn, this, this sibling rivalry stuff, the former flame lover angle, the, you know, like not, a lot of this stuff is, uh, you know, the, the 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 son that's motivated by losing a father. Like all this is just a collection of like these cliches that mm-hmm. Ron Moore has kind of stitched together and, you know, kind of gelled with his skill at filmmaking and also jaw dropping special effects. I guess. Yeah, this yeah. probably was a spectacle. Oh, my God. The sound design, you know, on my five one system was rocking like when the backdrafts like the snarls and the the, the fire being an animal. Uh, especially mm-hmm. when the 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 fire truck crashed at the end of the movie. My God, I thought that thing was pulling through my living room. It must have been experienced to watch yeah. is what I'm getting at. Because like oh, yeah. the 
the power of the movie is kind of undeniable, even though it is a lot of kind of hack shit. Yeah, I mean, it was nominated for three Oscars, one of which was uh, two, two of which were sound, actually best sound, best sound editing um, and also best visual effects. But it could not stand up to the the James Cameron, baby. Yeah, the, the bonanza of effects. Yeah, yeah. That, that liquid metal effect really just. Yeah, took yeah, all the fireman awards. on fire for two hours cannot stand against one chrome skeleton in fire for five seconds. It just got nope. blown off the stage, you know, uh, which fair enough. And, but it was a huge you know. success, this movie. Like it, they, oh, yeah. they spent 40 million dollars, which is a pretty big budget back then um, in 1991. But it made one hundred and fifty million dollars, which yeah. is, I, I think, wildly successful. I back in the day, just double yeah, that. In terms I, of I mean, inflation. you go a yeah. decade forward and you say the biggest i mean james cameron did what almost like 1.2 billion with titanic was like in, uh, the, probably. in the first or year. was that more avatar i don't know i thought 97 he was doing like over a billion um but 150 million for this movie i think is pretty amazing oh, it's a titanic st- standing at 6 million 509 5 6 6 how am i trying to say well, 659 million dollars Unadjusted. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's what the re Okay, yeah, it must have been Avatar that went billion. So, so that's yeah, even yeah. better, right? Like, 150 mm-hmm. million for this, which wasn't the the sensation. Because nobody really talked about this movie in terms of like, oh, you got to see it. This is the best movie ever. Uh, no, man. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think so. I, this, this movie was really popular in the day. I remember. Um, was it Because really? I think it's also PG-13, which is, isn't it? It had to be because I saw this movie back in the day and I would not have been allowed to see uh backdraft rating. Uh it's Oh, it's rated R? How the fuck did I see this movie then? <laughs> I don't know, but it should be rated R. I mean, all the burnings. Is it? Because I thought that's, yeah, I, I do remember because I saw this. I did see it. I remember watching it. Um, not in the theater. I remember watching it in my in my parents' living room. Maybe mom, maybe because my because my uncle, I, my uncle's a firefighter too. Maybe my mom made a family exception or something. But I remember being borderline traumatized by the yeah. firefighter Tim getting like like the close up of his face burning inside his oxygen mask. Like yeah, I, could, I like I'm like I wonder if this scene goes as hard as I remember because you know I was like in '91 I was like what 12, 13 or something I mm-hmm. and I I'm pretty yeah. sheltered 12 or 13 year old that um, seeing a man's face melt was not in 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 my performance envelope uh, and I'm like God damn no they really went f- really fucking hard in that scene yeah nor should it be in your envelope I think R is the right rating for this I mean they're yeah <laughs> the whole point of this movie is that these children were scarred by seeing their dad blow up in a fire. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think you can then show 12 year olds people blowing up in fires and say that's perfectly fine. Uh, It'd be like a Bambi, except we actually see the mother get shot, you know, like the bullets are rolling uh, her body. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a kid's movie anymore. No. It, you talked about Kurt Russell, you know, being two characters in this movie. And I I was really surprised and confused by that for a second. Um it's what what a wild coincidence that the the son grows up to look exactly identical to his dad, but the other one looks nothing like it. The the other one, I don't know how the genes worked there, but Billy Baldwin looks nothing like Kurt Russell. 
Mm. And then Kurt like Russell looks snuck into the Russell house to Kurt the, Russell. The Baldwin's were delivering milk to the the Russell house, and must have been. Uh, oh, that's, that's how. Wild. That's how. That's how you got uh, William, or vice versa, if you want to explain Bull. Um, I yeah, what is? It's just another weird element that makes this kind of funny. It's another one of these like um, I feel like movies have switched to sympathies of late when you're talking about these problematic problematic dudes, you know, because they they show Kurt mm-hmm. Russell as just a mess. He is like it's kind of funny that he's still a lieutenant with this much experience and really like that's like because when they called him lieutenant, I thought it was a mistake. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy can't like with the the you know the way his men love him and and his career, but they make it a point that like politically he's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, which. Fair enough. It seems like the politicians in Chicago are trying to kill firefighters in the year 1990. But um, like he gets dr- I mean, they, they, they there's a scene in the movie where he comes home and he's like crying on his ex-wife's shoulder, who's kind of played as like mildly horrified that he's there. And also like, you know, the next morning, you know, he's like cooking breakfast to the kid and she takes him aside and like, you know, I don't want to confuse him. I feel like this movie is one of the age where they still kind of paint her Rebecca De Mornay is an asshole mm-hmm. for like come on this guy's back he wants to spend time with his kids and you know like don't you understand he's got a tough job and a demand something and he's gonna you know it's like they made the they made the problem with her like fundamentally that he's doing a dangerous job rather than the fact that he is being a drunken asshole so much of it because mm-hmm. of the fact that he's doing his job in a particularly crazy way did yeah, you get any of that? His, and his dad died doing the job and that's clearly affecting him right he's not in a good emotional place but right the, the movie puts all brother. that baggage really onto billy baldwin uh-huh yeah i just feel like if this movie was made today rebecca dormornay would be a little bit more seen as a sympathetic figure rather than mm-hmm. as like a person getting in the way of uh her father or her son's father yeah a lot um, more nuance in, in movies these days yeah but that's the thing. It's like, man, I remember I remember that's the thing watching this uh, several times because I we watch this movie a lot. Um, I don't know. Like once we broke the seal in R, this is this really bizarre. I wish my <laughs> that's I wish I was on speaking terms right. with mom. She hadn't died a couple months ago because I'd love to ask her why? 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 Yeah. Why? Because there's two rated R movies. I remember were allowed in our house and it was this for sure. And JFK. Why these movies, hmm. mom? Why these JFK? movies? You know? JFK and backdraft. You don't think it's just because she was hot for Kurt Russell? Because I I've long suspected the reason that she did JFK is because she was hot for Kevin Costner. Okay, I sure. I mean, if, yeah, if you got a soft spot for, I, I don't want to think that my actor. mom's my mom's religious uh, views would be overridden by her baser instincts. But you know, I'm starting to but think you, like, there's a lot have... of beef, a lot of beef on the screen here. Or maybe she's hot for Donald Sutherland and explains them both. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Is that is that a more closer to her age bracket too? Maybe uh, I don't. I think they're they're definitely within within the her her dating range. Sure. Yeah. I don't know because because you're right. If if it was Kurt Russell that was the attraction, you would think there would also be exceptions for Roadhouse. There'd be exceptions for uh, a Big Trouble Little China. Mm-hmm. There'd be exceptions for a lot of other movies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a mild case of being blown to safety that was actually subverted and then reverted. Did you see that? 
Or they're trying to get off the alderman's porch and De Niro drags uh, uh Billy Baldwin out and he drags the alderman out and then explosion happens and he gets thrown off the porch. I'm like, oh, wow, this is the most mild case of blown to safety I've ever seen because he got blown maybe six feet and it wasn't Mm -hmm. all that dangerous of an explosion anyway. But then he got impaled on the guy's wrought iron fence and I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. fuck, he's dead. Blown nope. to safety, subverted, but no, he just got lightly impaled, and he's just yeah. got a you know a shoulder sling on the next scene, and he's raging that he, ah, I'm stuck in this hospital, and you're gonna have to be the one who talks to the flaming psycho. Like, uh-huh. I, I thought I, I, that was a real, real meme roller coaster for me. It was, yeah, yeah, because I, I was worried about all the same things, like, oh god, Robert De Niro is dead, but he kind of is at that point. He, like, he's sidelined he's in the movie, sidelined, yeah, completely, and then he only shows up at the funeral again. Uh, and the he roasts the alderman uh, on uh, at a at a press conference, no less. Oh, right, right. He does yeah. do that. He throws the report, the the papers on the table. For such a hacky, so like, there's the other thing that makes me a little bit mildly offended that you are comparing this to like the Armageddon's and the Day After Tomorrow because there's a moment where Kurt Russell squares off a Scott Glenn with axes in the middle of an inferno, and uh-huh. I'm like, it's been a while since I've seen this movie, but like, I do not remember a raging axe battle. If this was if this was Michael Bay shooting this, they would have fucking just gone at it. But instead, they're like oh, yeah. Scott Glenn's got this moment of like, what the fuck am I doing? Am I going to slaughter my brother fireman here in this temple of fire uh, to cover up my crimes that I did to keep from killing firemen? Like, I I don't mm-hmm. know. And then the how like. Like the price was paid for the sin immediately, like Scott Glenn for burning all these arguably corrupt people and like giving his brother fireman a third degree burn on his face that he's probably not going to recover from. He's going to mm-hmm. get burned alive. Um and then I guess, like, why does Kurt Russell die for a sin of being asshole Kurt Russell for a sin of trying to cover it up? <laughs> I guess I because there was a few it's, morally it's awkward he, questions he, that were it's raised. He couldn't that, live. Right. It, it's it's not because he deserved to die. It's because he, he couldn't live. He didn't know how to live. He was going to die one way or another. He's he's running into to burning buildings, waving his axe at fire, saying, come at me, you beast. He's he's destined to die. Yeah. And he died on his own. He didn't let the fire get him like he's, uh-huh. he dies of internal injuries related to the fire. But the right, fire right. Did not he was in him. a burning building when he got his internal injuries. But, you yeah, know, the yeah, fire, yeah. He, his body it's like is pristine. When, it's like Walt Disney World says no one's ever died in uh-huh. Walt Disney World because you actually die in the hospital ride as soon as you get across the gate. You right. know, like, I, I don't right. know if that's true. That's an urban legend. But like, yeah, I didn't. The fire didn't kill me. <laughs> it was uh, the 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 drop in the fire uh, onto a six inch steel pipe through my midsection. That's what killed me. Entire entirely unfire related. I mean, I I I liken these movie this movie to movies like Armageddon and others because of how silly they are at times. Like I think the fire effects are cool, but way overdone. I think I I couldn't help but laugh out loud. Like I said, when the backdrafts happen and blow people across the street, or and the backdrafts are happening constantly. It's not like that's oh, the, the backdraft thing. happens when they plant the one specific trigger. Like backdrafts happen open when the door. screw up is, is, or yeah, they're trapped. Right. Into, yeah. But, but backdrafts in this movie happen at random in any location, like a, a window, j- just a window that's not on fire and there's not mm. really much fire around it anywhere blows mm. out suddenly. And there's a backdraft happening uh, yeah. from the, from the outside in, which I'm pretty sure is not how backdrafts work. Yeah. Uh, and, and then things like, 
the socket that the outlet shaped burns on Scott Glenn's shoulder oh, to give away that about, he's the he's the arsonist. I want to talk about that. Yeah, it, it's we, literally like two two outlets and the shape of the the face plate of the socket <laughs> on his shoulder. It's laughable. Yeah, that's uh, we we joked. I think this was on the Walking Dead last week. We joked about you know the three step Martin reveal. Which I, I got to remember that I got to keep explaining this, you know, that like George Martin gave this review re, uh, interview like 10 years ago where he says the way he likes to do his like deep dive reveals is he like likes to bury a nugget that he thinks only like one in a million readers would pick up on. Hmm. And then he likes doing something that he thinks like a reasonably intelligent person, an astute person will observe and the aforementioned one in a million person will be like, aha, I'm on to something. Mm-hmm. And then just so you and no one's left behind, then you just kind of like have to reveal it. That's the third step where it's like, you know, uh, the the thing that you've hinted at actually happens and everybody can go on and enjoy the story. I've rarely seen a three step Martin reveal in a single scene, but this movie <laughs> like takes the cake because like there's this more yeah. where you're like you That's see like a slight too fast. Yeah, slight burn that you can kind of sort of see. And Billy Baldwin's like, huh? And then Billy Baldwin looks at it more and the camera zooms in and it's like, oh, it's an obvious burn on his shoulder in the exact right place where he got the the, the unknown assailant in uh-huh. the blown the safety fire uh, got got burnt. And then Billy Baldwin looks at it more intently and that final <laughs> zoom in. Oh, my God. Guys, you're, you're makeup guys. You can't like when someone says, hey, you just uh-huh. got, got burned by it. You can't just like literally tattoo an outlet on his shoulder no, and call it cannot. good. No, no, no. It, it was ridiculous. The other thing that I that I think is so cheesy and shitty about this movie is the smack talk. It's, mm. So it's fun when the firefighters are doing it, right? Like he's they're yeah. bringing in this mannequin. They're talking about like how great he was oh, at God. saving this stupid mannequin. Uh, all of that stuff in the firehouse is great. You get to the alderman coming onto the scene and he is talking. So, so he's having a confrontation with Kurt Russell and he says this line that's supposed to be smack talk where he's like, you know that uh, that light in the corner of your eye that's mm-hmm. blinking? It's It's the career dissipation light and it's blinking nonstop now. And this line is is god awful the first time it's said, but then it's used as a hammer, as a callback in the final moments of this movie by Billy Baldwin. It, and it it just doesn't work. It's way too clunky of a line. It's too long. It it like takes way too much deciphering to understand what the fuck he's talking about. The thing is, it's, like, so it's like, a terrible line. So what so what is the conceit of this insult? Because I agree with you. The conceit is you're flushing your career down the toilet right now. But like your 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 life is a dashboard on a car and there's this blinking light on the corner of it. And it's like, yeah, it's your career dissipation light. Uh huh. The analogy is it would be like an engine trouble or a check engine or an engine. There's no like engine dissipation light. Well, the word dissipation. To... How the fuck did that get out of the second <laughs> right? first round of editing? Like, look, is, is this something with fire trucks? Like, is there a light that goes there's on a, on a fire truck a, when the hose they, is running low? They actually have a career dissipation light that goes off when someone causes a backdraft. It's, it's I can't believe you did. This is like an inner ring. Shit, Only firefighters known. and their immediate blood relatives are supposed to know this stuff. Mm-hmm. But but no, it's like it's like it should have been like your career trouble light is flashing or your check career light is flashing or your career failure. But career dissipation. It's terrible. 
terrible line. Is that something you got to defend to get a PhD? You know, like your doctorate uh, <laughs> dissipation. It's like that's something you got to <laughs> right before sure, you get yeah. you can actually call yourself doctor. Uh, it was but I, I, I got to that, say that's that, like, facts of like desperation writing like fuck. It's the last night before the final draft is due and I have to come up with a line here that ties us all together. What am I going to do? Fuck it. I don't know. Career dissipation light. Well, that's one of the reasons I thought this movie was not R rated because the language or maybe I'm just like inured to my own damn self. But like I thought that a lot of the insults were very up to season eight at The Walking Dead, where it's like where because, I, you know, I've hung around a lot of firemen. You know, my uncle's buddies would always come over my granddad's pool and just through my brother and all that stuff. They swear a lot. Mm hmm. They swear a lot. They're like they're, they're like they're like grown up junior high schoolers uh, in their pranks and their vulgar behavior. Sure. Uh, I found like most of that stuff was like toned down to just like making fun of people's ears mm -hmm. and haircuts and the fact that they're so stupid. They carry a mannequin out of a uh, fire and think they'd save someone. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of bad banter, a lot of bad banter, a lot of 1950s opie banter if i'm being honest yeah yeah it is ron howard i mean he didn't write the movie so you can't really blame it on him but like you're right you're right it's a little too uh sanitized mm -hmm. for a movie that's already rated r just fucking go for it yeah um but they but they want to make firefighters heroes like the point of this movie is to but you don't have to showcase the heroism of they just kind of are you know like if well, you show well, they, a couple of yeah, but they don't want to drag them through the mud and say, well, these guys curse all the time. And oh, I although see. they show them hilariously just like that's smoking like chimneys. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> which I thought was deliciously the smoke eaters, ironic. man. Also, I, like yeah, all of the literally. all of the badass euphemisms they have for themselves, like fire eaters, uh -huh. smoke eaters, all that stuff. Pretty cool. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now back with more bald move god i had a point to your point about what was your overall point about they, oh, they didn't want to drive them through the mud with cursing. they didn't want to drive them, but like that's something you do at a pg-13 movie where kids but like if we're all adults here like let the let the firefighters swear like i've seen plenty of sure. war films they swear like uh, sailors or literal sailors in some True. cases and they're seen as heroic so come on they're rough they're rough and tumble men yeah. you know you don't you don't want do people in pin, you, you don't want people in, in pinstripe suits showing up when your structures on. You want dudes wearing right? like fucking Fancy multiple shoes. layers of fire retardant shit and ridiculous 1800s helmets. You want them wearing with, their with, with axes like that would put a dwarf from Tolkien to shame. And you want this the the, the, the swing into action. What you definitely want them doing, though, is wearing their it's not scuba gear because it's not underwater. It's SCBA, it's SCBA right? Scuba. Scuba. I'm, that's what yeah. I'm going to call it for shorthand. Scuba. Uh, you definitely want them wearing that, but they are not in this movie. And, no. you know, it's a movie, but you want us sense. to respect them as as mm -hmm. the professionals that they are. You can't have a lunatic without a helmet, without any uh, breathing apparatus, run into a fire yelling about animals and waving an axe. And then me come away thinking, oh, yeah, firefighters are very good at their job. Well, especially since like Kurt Russell's all this like fussy about button, bot buttoning up his brother's bonnet and making sure his class yeah, just so. Yeah. And then he walks in there with a helmet, no chin strap, coat open, you know, flapping around. It's yeah, it's mm -hmm. uh, but I guess, you know, that's why he's bull. Uh, yeah, really do a disservice to to firefighters in that regard, I think. 
I get that Billy Baldwin is a probie in this film, which is rookie for firefighter, probationary firefighter. Mm-hmm. But he is portrayed as the dumbest fucking person on the planet. Like, I'm not sure how much adrenaline you need in your body. Because have you ever picked up a mannequin? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm trying to think when I would okay. have had the opportunity to pick up a like, mannequin. Like, you ever worked at department stores and stuff and had to move shit around or anything? No, I or worked like, at a tar- Target and a Walmart, but always in You worked at a Target and you never handled a mannequin. Why would I? I'm in electronics. Why would I? Oh, so you never if I were like, in clothing, sure. W- didn't look sufficiently busy enough to have to like move shit around. Okay, whatever. No, you haven't touched no, a mannequin. No. Yeah, that's not weird. <laughs> I haven't that's not mannequin. weird. It's not weird to not touch a mannequin, apparently. <laughs> it's not. It's really but not. I would tell you, mannequins don't weigh hardly anything. They're just like hollow oh. things to hold clothes on. Like I can't imagine a guy picking up a mannequin, tear, carrying it downstairs and thinking, oh yes, this is a human woman that I have saved. I have picked it's up a, a person before and they feel heavy. They feel pretty yes, people heavy. People are very heavy. Yeah. They're heavy. They're floppy. They're, I have to imagine they're, that a hollow awkward. body, like a hollow body plastic thing would not feel nearly as heavy as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a funny scene, though, especially when the guy's like, ah, oh, it's too late for this one. <laughs> and they show her face. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I thought that was great. Uh, and then when when uh, Scott Glenn brings it back in the firehouse. Yeah. Uh, so to funny. roast him. I mean, they, they kept on doing stuff with it. Like, I thought they're going to do something with the jealousy angle because the guy who actually did re- the rookie who did rescue the woman, they got, you know, the because I guess the story is too good that the hero fireman who's yeah. the son of this slain hero firefighter who was on the Time Life cover is now on his first day fighting fires, has rescued a woman. They're like, ah, oh, Tim doesn't have that story, so fuck him. Put in, put in uh, Billy there. But how, how are you going to rescue Mannequin and have make, make me take right. you seriously? There's also... Um, this is, like, so funny in terms of firefighters, but there's this like poster it's hanging up in, uh, you know, station 17's break room. And it says, you know, Chicago or station 17, Chicago firefighting 150 years of tradition unimpeded by progress. And I laugh because there are so many like, um, I've often been fast. Cause if you look at around the rest of the world, no one uses the fire, the classic firefighting helmet except for Americans. They all okay. have gone to like things that look like motorcycle helmets that have, you know, enhanced safety features and hearing protection installed and like integrated, uh, at, you know, so you can just clip on your SCBA. You don't have to strap it to your face and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I've often wondered, you know, when uh, like, why? Why is that? And I've searched. Uh, I've read Reddit threads and stuff. And like I just before this movie, I, I double checked it. But there's like, you know, uh, they ask these on firefighters and like they list the pros and cons. And almost all the pros are on the Euro style helmets and all the cons are on the American style helmets. But it all comes down to like, but they look so fucking badass. Like even yeah. the Euro guys are like, like there's guys in Germany. It's like, I would trade all of our Euro safe <laughs> helmets in the world to wear one of those fucking cool ass American firefighting helmets or like the old British yeah. firefighting helmets with like the spikes on them or something. It's like they do revere tradition um, mm-hmm. to maybe an excessive degree, but it's also funny because like, if you made this movie in 2020 or 2021 or 2022, uh, today's current year, you'd have guys using like FLIR to like look for survivors and identify hotspots. Like, yeah, sure. they do. There, there's a lot of technology that is introduced slowly, but surely anything that saves lives and stuff like that. But I, I just thought that was such a funny 150 years of tradition unimpeded by progress. It's such a, such a hilarious self-knowing statement from these guys. 
especially in Chicago, right? <laughs> With oh a yeah, giant ass fire. Uh, the second I, city. <laughs> I I couldn't help but think of like Gangs of New York when I'm thinking of when I'm watching this movie too, because mm. I remember in that movie they have those scenes of firefighters, like prototype firefighter squads showing up uh with their horse-drawn trucks um and putting out fires but at a price essentially being mercenaries who come in and blackmail you to put out the fire in your house yeah Um, the the libertarian ideal of firefighting which is you got you have three competing fire departments showing up haggling over price getting in fist Uh fights over who's got the the, the right and maybe putting bell. your fire out if the if the price is right and they can get to sure. it after the fights uh, sure. there are enough people left un unfought to put yeah. out the fire yeah uh it, yeah it's just wild how that's how that's evolved and turned into like this super respectable thing now and, and i was thinking about like the, those base services you know things that that th- there was there was an opportunity there right that people saw well fires happen and somebody needs to be there to put these out it can happen um, to anyone if, if you don't take care of it it can get out of control and hurt a lot of people yeah 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 um, and so there was an opportunity there and people like latched onto it but then it turned into something that we recognize as a society yeah this is actually a useful service we need it and we turn it into something uh more efficient more uh above board and and more helpful not like that yeah yeah it's uh it's funny how that 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 can work sometimes i i yeah, just like weird beginning yeah like I, every time i see it's like people treat it i think as like ridiculous that something should be free like just on the face of it like that's the that's the default expectation um when it's like you know, think of things in terms of like police and like hospital like emergency services and fire departments and even libraries like how if we invented them today there's no way they'd be free mm-hmm They'd have like, you know, like, well, you can we can show up and spray some water on the building for this. Uh, We can show up and spray some water, foam retarded foam for this. But if you want the goal, I recommend the Gold Star service. We actually (laughs) will bust down a door and try to rescue some people. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, you know, if if you really care about your building and the people live, you'd, you'd probably spring for the gold service plan. You know, and, and now and it'd be oh, like you're, a you're, you're three months behind uh, your your buildings on yeah. fire. You know, you're just gangs in New York, essentially. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, no, it turns out we need this stuff. Um, the people who do it are impressive. There was one other thing that I thought was hilarious. Um, uh-huh. It's when Billy Baldwin has like taken this job from the Alderman. Uh-huh. And I think they're they're having a party on his boat as they're cruising down the Chicago River there. Um, and Alderman just wants to do like, it just wants to, it's a photo op for him with, with Billy Baldwin. He doesn't care about him. Um, so he goes up to him and he's like, Let's get a picture with Mr. McAfee and myself, uh, Mr. McCaffrey and myself. And as soon as he says that, and I couldn't help but think, well, this is the Windy City. As soon as he says, let's get a picture, Billy Baldwin's hair gets caught in the wind. It stands up like Beetlejuice. I, it's wild. Every other moment of the movie, it is slicked back. It is either either wet or covered in mousse or grease or something and in this moment it just stands straight up and they take the photo and the very next scene it's slicked back perfectly i thought it was a beautiful shot well that's just some world-class hair memory you know that that hair has been trained within an inch of its life it's like yeah the windy city can can you know buffalo it for a second but as soon as it slackens just a little bit just yeah it's like a lizard frill just goes right back down 
<laughs> I'm, uh, I'm envious. I like it. Now, are you sure it is the wind or was he about ready to spit poison in that guy's face? <laughs> Maybe. Dennis Nedry was standing He's across the way. He's about to do a Dennis Nedry on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We got your Jurassic Park joke in. I guess it's my Jurassic Park uh, joke. What 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 else we got? Is is there really a guy coming by to look at Kurt Russell's boat to buy it at midnight? 2 a.m. Whenever, whenever Billy Baldwin's there. Because at the, at the end, like he thinks his brother has set the fires and he goes to his boat and he looks at the trick trick to collate or whatever. Uh, yeah. And then Kurt Russell comes up. And he says, there's a guy coming by in a couple of minutes to look at the boat. I'm selling it. But it's pitch black. It's middle of the night. And someone's no. looking at your boat like I, this is the shadiest Craigslist deal I've ever seen. <laughs> down at the do- wonder, meet me down at the docks. At I, midnight, I didn't even think take a I didn't look at my think boat. Any, I didn't think anything of that. But I guess if I was to think about it, that was that you're supposed to think, understand that Kurt Russell's just trying to tell his brother, get the fuck out of here. Like with an Maybe. obvious lie. Maybe be like if you come in, it's like, hey, I got to walk my dog. Beat it. You know, like what dog? It's you don't the only dog thing here. I could think. Huh. <laughs> right. Right. Huh. Oh, did you know that trick the chlorate or whatever? Did you know that's a fictitious, fictitious chemical? I assumed I assumed that none of this stuff, like when they talk about, oh, you combine plumber's okay. putty and some other thing could be real because they don't want to tell people how to no, start fires. I, I, I thought that was kind of dumb, but then I immediately thought like, yeah, if someone's, you know, if, if I'm Ron Howard, especially, and someone burns down a place and it's like, oh, they use the chemical, it's, it's the backdraft copycat. You don't want that. No. But, um, I felt a little cheesy like when I looked it up and I'm because I'm like, huh, why? Because it wasn't clear to me why a firefighter would need to use the chemical and why like what legitimate reason it would be used in reconstructing a boat because that's what it felt like it's like oh uh, yeah. it's like hey you stealing this from the front no i'm just you know they got some extra and i'm like using it to fix up the boat somehow but it's a fake chemical so like who the Strips fuck knows who the fuck yeah cares? yeah um i don't know some of my feelings on this movie i had a great time watching it i think it's hilarious um <laughs> I, I I like firefighters. Those are my thoughts. All right, <laughs> that is a uh, that is quite the the um, the thing you're staking out here, Jim. Quite mm-hmm. the position you're staking out. Uh, that'll do it for this week's discussion of a prestige movie backdraft. Uh, guess what? Next week we're seeing Glass Onion, right? Which is the sequel, or I guess uh, another in the uh, Knives Out anthology. Um, mm-hmm. or, or, or series or this is what's now going to be a series with Daniel Craig as this Southern Fried investigator. Uh, I'm going to rewatch uh, Knives Out because I recall thinking I liked it, but I didn't like it nearly as much as like you and Cecily and Alexis did. So I feel like I'm missing something. I don't remember it that well. So I want to watch it. And then mm-hmm. yeah. uh, we're going to see that next week and have a first run prestige movie. Uh, so you got that to look forward to. Um, now that will be only the, the spoiler free version, like what we did in the beginning of this movie will be our, our spoiler free thoughts and opinions will be free. And then you go watch the movie and then you listen to our split. But if you want to do that, you got to be a club member support.baldmove.com. Uh, otherwise we'll see you next week on glass onion until then I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.